With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, flying solo. And after a three-day break, the Warriors came back and played in Oklahoma and beat the OKC Thunder 110-98 to in a game that they pretty much controlled throughout. Got a little bit closer than you would like towards the end, but it was never really in doubt if you want to be honest and for fun i would like to call this game the jonathan kaminga revenge game and i say that because jonathan kaminga throughout the draft process throughout the year preceding the draft he was projected to be a top five pick sometimes up into the one or two spot but as we all know, and as we're all thankful for, he fell to the seventh spot where your Golden State Warriors scooped him up. The spot right before him was Oklahoma City's draft pick, and they surprised me and a lot of people and took the Australian Josh Giddy. And I think Josh Giddy is going to be a very, very solid player. He's good. You know, I know the Warriors were looking at him as well, but... I am so thankful that we have Jonathan Kaminga for what the Warriors need, right? They don't necessarily need Josh Giddy. I mean, during the draft process, people were saying that it would be good to have the 6'8 point guard take pressure off of Steph, feed Clay and Steph and all that other jazz. But having Jonathan Kaminga, I mean, you all saw what he did tonight, just his activity, his ability to play small dudes on defense, play big dudes on defense. He was guarding the much thicker Derek Favors throughout the game, and he did okay. I don't know. I mean, I haven't heard that Kaminga holds a grudge. I'm sure he's much happier to be in the Bay Area playing for the Warriors than the rebuilding Oklahoma City Thunder in OKC. But Kaminga... Again, he showed it all. He went to the basket. His line for the night, 23 minutes, 6 for 11. He missed all of his threes, 4 for 7 from the free throw line, 4 boards, 4 assists, plus 12, 16 points. Now, his 4 of 7 from the free throw line, I believe he started out 4 for 4, and then he missed his last three. Regardless, the dude was attacking the basket, showing, again, his great pump fake moves and footwork and patience in the lane, and... Also, just his body control. There was that one fast break where it was him and Jordan Poole. I believe Ty Jerome on the Oklahoma City Thunder was playing defense. And Poole lofted it up for a lob. Jerome went for it and made contact with Kaminga. And instead of Kaminga dunking it, he just laid it in. It was a touch layup into the basket. And I was like, dang, you know, he should have gotten the and one. But we've been seeing it throughout the season his body control and his touch at the rim is already pretty elite. And all of his dunks, I mean, they were of the 
head at the rim variety. The follow-up on that misclaid jumper from the corner in the second half. I mean, are you kidding me? That ball was going to land in a Thunder player's hand and Kaminga came out of nowhere and just raised up and threw it down. I believe the broadcasters, Glenn Ezebuke, called him the human helicopter, which I think both he and Fitz call him. And I think that is a god-awful nickname. I hope that doesn't stick. So never, please, please, never call him that. Never call him that in any kind of public forum, social media. It is a terrible, terrible nickname. He deserves much better. But, you know, I would like to think that knowing the Thunder passed him up. I mean, every NBA player has pride, holds grudges. So I would like to think that even though he's happy in the Bay, I would like to think that he sees Josh Giddy, sees OKC, sees that uh, he got passed up and comes at them extra hard. Kaminga, again, he showed his ability to screen for other guys, get them open shots. He put a screen on Jordan Poole's man in the first half, and Poole went straight in for a one-handed dunk off one foot. And I was like, that is nice. You know, Kaminga had just passed him the ball, and Poole was there, and he just ran up and gave him a screen, and done. I said in the last episode a few days ago that Kaminga's game overall is expanding on both ends of the court and you just love to see that potential like the instincts the skill to do the dirty work as well as have the highlights you know he took a charge he took a charge i believe on lou dort and that dude is a tank so props to kamenga on that luckily he's 19 and he can bounce up pretty quickly and i want to mention also february 6th was the anniversary, the two-year anniversary of the Warriors trading D'Angelo Russell to the Wolves, the Minnesota Timberwolves, for Andrew Wiggins and Jonathan Kaminga were the pick that became Jonathan Kaminga. And we all know it's pretty clear that the Warriors (laughs) won that trade, hands down. You know, I ain't got no hate for the T-Wolves. You know what I'm saying? Like, after a couple years of having that Kaminga pick tied to them and rooting for them to lose... I wanted to see Carlington Towns after all he'd been through during the pandemic thus far. I wanted to see him do well. I like Anthony Edwards, so it's all good. But (laughs) to hear some fans, some Wolves fans say that they won that trade is kind of absurd. I mean, it's delusional to me. You know, I get it. I get it. Hey, Wiggins didn't work out for them. He was a painful reminder of a lot of the Minnesota Timberwolves failures over the years. They're bashing Wiggins being an all-star saying it's all the K-pop votes or whatever, but Hey, you take away those K-pop votes and what Draymond green is voted the starter. So how about that? And the Wolves fans talk about how D'Angelo Russell should be an all-star or he's like the perfect fit for Carl Anthony Towns. But like, Again, bottom line is that's fine. That's all good. Great. We have an all-star starter and they have a guy who at one point in the weaker Eastern Conference was an all-star replacement. Congratulations. Fan-freaking-tastic. You know what I'm saying? But none of that really matters because Jonathan Kaminga is going to be the best player from that trade. Done. Done. Doesn't even make a difference. I'm willing to say, yes, the Warriors won this trade, but good on the Wolves for figuring out how to become a better team. 
you know, but please don't spout off and say the Wolves won this trade in terms of having D'Angelo Russell versus Andrew Wiggins and Jonathan Kaminga. That is really, really absurd. Getting back to the game, Clay Thompson, again, he just looks good out there and seeing him play the way he does, play freely, it's beautiful to see him just get to his spots, whether it's a three or whether it's getting to the elbow and shooting a fadeaway jumper. I mean, you can see how smart he is in terms of the game at this point. I mean, he's had two and a half years to think the game a lot. You know what I mean? But it's great to see him out there. And like I've said in recent episodes, you're seeing him take so much pressure off of Steph the way only Clay Thompson can. When the Thunder were threatening and when they got it to within, what, six points or eight points or something, Steph had Giddy on him on a switch and he just kicked it out to Clay. His man was sagging off of him. Clay, as he's prone to do in Oklahoma City, drained a three, a backbreaker, a dagger. That's huge. Other teams are going to have to acknowledge that. They can't double Steph all the time, especially now that Clay played 29 minutes. He's upping his minute total. You know, Clay was six for 15, three for eight, six for six from the line. I believe he still hasn't missed a free throw since he's come back. He had 21 points to lead the team. Steph played 37 minutes, which is a lot. And he had to play more because OKC came back a little bit. He shot six for 12, four for 10 from three, two for two from the line, nine boards, 10 assists, 18 points. So he didn't have to jack up a ton of shots for the Warriors to win. He facilitated. He found open dudes. And that is going to make these remaining 28 or whatever games left so much easier. I mean, you love to see it, right? And then in the final minute, Steph had the ball pretty much wide open for a deep three. And he was about to shoot it. But Clay was the one that told him, he saw his hand motion, told him to hold up, run some more clock. And then they did. (laughs) And then Steph eventually shot it and hit the three. That's what Clay does. You know, he is like a security blanket for pretty much everybody (laughs) that's affiliated with or is a fan of the Warriors. I mean, he's a security blanket for me when I see him out there because you just know what he brings. I'm sure to the most other extreme, for me being a fan to Steph on the court, he's a security blanket for him too. Just having this other guy that he has been through so many battles with that he can depend on. And as Clay's minute total gets increased, then even more so. The Warriors have a very, very exciting group of young guys and old guys. You know, the mix is nice, right? Like in such a change of pace, you all of a sudden have Clay hitting from deep. Then you have Moody hitting from deep. And then you have Jordan Poole hitting from deep and going to the basket, let alone Steph. And then you have Kaminga beating people up on the inside, going for lobs, cutting back doors, slipping screens. They're definitely starting to click. And right now, I mean, again, OKC is not a good team. They're a bunch of young dudes. They have some good players. They'll be better as the years go on. They didn't have Shea Gilgis Alexander either, but you could see the Warriors. They just have waves of dudes. And a young team like this is a good team to see someone like Kaminga and Moody play against because they are also young, talented lottery picks who can match up in terms of youth and, in Kaminga's case, athleticism, and in Moody's case, energy and focus. 
That's good to see. And Jordan Poole, that dude is also getting very comfortable in his new role. He played 30 minutes, which is a good chunk of change for a dude off the bench. Five for eight, didn't jack up too many shots, only one for four from three, but he had eight boards, eight assists, plus 17. The highest plus minus on the night, 11 points. So he's finding his groove. He's getting in where he fits in, and that's dangerous. That's dangerous. He didn't get to the free throw line in this one, but he had at least three very, very solid drives to the basket where he got the layup. Yeah. You know? OKC just didn't really guard him very well or punish him or anyone else really at the basket. They don't really have anyone like that. The moment we've been waiting for since September is finally here. In honor of the big game, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in New York, meaning you can bet from almost a third of the country. If Sportsbook isn't in your state yet, play DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest for Super Bowl 56. New customers can get a free shot at a $1 million top prize with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use promo code TBPN, and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. 21 and over, minimum age and local requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the TN redline 1-800-889-9789 in connecticut call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in new york call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y 467-369 the one downer is andre godala he came in hit a three he looked good out there but then he had some back issues some back tightness and he sat so hopefully that's something that they can figure out, rest him and all that jazz. Like I've said, ad nauseum, you need him for the stretch run in the playoffs, but make sure make sure that he's good to go. Obviously, you want him to be in shape, be in rhythm. We'll see how this all plays out. We'll see what the coaches, what Steve Kerr, what the org says in days to come. But yeah, credit to the coaches and shout out to podcast listener Danny Burt because he mentioned in one of the Instagram comments that the coaching staff does deserve a lot of credit for these past couple weeks after the Warriors went through that really, really bad January. The coaches, you know, they needed their time to figure out how these new rotations, these new roles would work with Clayback and then with Draymond Green out as well. And credit to them for being flexible, being smart, experimenting and figuring stuff out and keeping the guys abreast of everything going on, right? Like, I think Jordan Poole is getting used to where he is. I think Kaminga is getting used to giving full effort and Clay is getting used to playing with everybody else as well. So yeah, the roles are starting to be a little bit more solid now. And with the depth, you're seeing other guys get swapped in for other people when they need to, right? When Iguodala went out, Moody took his spot in the rotation in the second half. So things are promising. Things are promising. And as always, it's all about health moving forward. But the chemistry of this team, it just looks solid. And the schedule that the Warriors got the last couple of weeks, as I mentioned, it was very fortuitous. It was a very 
good schedule for a team that's looking to get right, get some momentum going, get comfortable, kind of have that confidence. And now it's like, what, the Warriors get Utah in Utah. Then they get a strange back-to-back where they get the Knicks at home and then the Lakers at home. And then they go to LA and play the Clippers and then they get the Nuggets at home. Now, any of those teams could jump up and bite them if they're not ready. All those teams have top-end talent somewhere. Maybe not the Knicks, but they play hard. And if you sleep on any of these teams, they'll punish you for it. Those are all games that the Warriors could get. So we'll see. We'll see how they react to some, quote-unquote, better teams. Not the best teams, but some better teams out there. Anyway, the Warriors are now two and a half games behind the Phoenix Suns. And yeah, just keep the pressure on them. Both teams are nine and one in their last 10 games. The Warriors are riding a nine game winning streak. So Suns, keep looking over your shoulder because the Warriors are right there. And the Suns had that stretch in January where the Warriors were relatively down, but they couldn't pull away. They couldn't get more separation. So now that the Warriors are figuring it out, I would be a little concerned. Also, Phoenix has been pretty healthy. So, you know, we'll see how those odds play out, especially with Chris Paul playing all those minutes. You know, Vubang mentioned to me that Chris Paul has played every game this season for the Suns. And he mentioned that that might not be a good idea. And I kind of agree because somebody that old with some injury history I don't know. You don't want his wheels to come off during the playoffs if you're Phoenix, but we shall see. You know what I mean? I'm guessing he likes to play because of pride, but also he knows that he needs to play for the Suns to keep the Warriors at bay. Just something to keep an eye on as things go forward. Shout out to Vubang for noticing that. Out of 53 games for the Suns, Chris Paul has played in 52. Hey, more power to him but we'll see if that bites them on the butt. Anyway, that is another episode of the Open Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick Epino, E-P-I-N-O, or at Oakland Warriors. Check us out at OaklandWarriors.com and be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to tune in and listen. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Film Society and is a part of the Basketball Podcast Network. And if you're so inclined, please do leave us a five-star rating on Spotify and or Apple Podcasts. And on Apple Podcasts, if you want to leave us a nice review and say nice stuff about us, that would be very cool and much appreciated as well. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time, and go Dubs.